Hi, everyone. My name is Mark Graham, and welcome to SkewCast, the podcast that explores the who, what, why, and how of the promotional products industry. SkewCast shines a light on our industry's best work, features maverick personalities, and discusses what's really involved in running a modern promotional products business. SkewCast is the official podcast of Common Skew. If you like what you hear, make sure to keep in touch by subscribing to the show on iTunes or at our blog, community.commonskew.com. And with that, let's get to it. In today's episode, we are going to talk about the ins and outs of trade shows, why they matter, how to plan for them, and how to generate fabulous ROI. This episode will dig into what you need to do before, during, and after the show to ensure that your investment pays off. Our guru today is Ben Baker, president of Your Brand Marketing, a successful distributor based in Richmond, British Columbia. Ben has been in the promotional products industry for nine years, and prior to that, he spent another nine years as a print management consultant. As such, Ben brings a wealth of experience in selling a variety of media to a diverse client base across North America. Ben also advises his corporate and government clients on how to position themselves for success at trade shows. Naturally, this includes incorporating promotional products into their budgets, or at least I hope, but it also covers everything else from how to plan, what to wear, and what mistakes to avoid. For anyone who has ever exhibited at a trade show, this episode is definitely for you. Ben, welcome to SkewCast. It is a pleasure to have you with us, sir. Thanks, Mark. It's, it's always a pleasure to talk to you again. You know, we always have a lot of fun on these types of things. Absolutely. Well, I'm really excited to jump into it. So I'll start off with question number one for you, Ben. What objectives do your clients have when exhibiting at trade shows? Well, that's a great question because when when you first ask that question, sometimes you get blank looks. Yeah, and you know, and that's the thing is, is when you say, okay, what's what's your objective at the trade show? And you know, some some clients have some very specific answers. Some clients have absolutely a blank stare, like. I thought we were just going to the trade show just to collect business cards. Right. You know, it's, it, you know, but the majority of people co- go to trade shows looking to sit there and say, how can I engage better with my particular audience? How right. do I get people to understand what I do better, care about what I do, see the value in what I do and want to spend their money with me? Right. Right. Whether they whether they're set up to do that effectively or not is a different story altogether. Right. But that's really what the objective is. More specific into that, Ben, do you have like are there some of your clients that say, listen, our sole objective at this trade show is to raise awareness for our product, whereas there may be other people who say, well, forget about raising awareness. I want to specifically write orders and generate sales. Can you uh, elaborate on that? Absolutely, you know, and 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 that's why I say every every client's objectives are are very different. Yeah, you know, you're right. There are people that want to go to shows to write orders, and that's great. I mean, that's a that's a specific goal. And when you're designing your trade show and you're designing, you know, you're you're putting your team forward in order to do that, your goals and your and your marketing and your messaging is very different from somebody that's trying to launch a brand new product or trying to gain interest in a product or just get brand awareness. 
Right. So it's a matter of understanding what your particular objective is. Right. And then building a trade show strategy around your particular objective. Got it. Okay. Well, we're going to bookmark that because we're going to get into some nitty gritty in just a, a couple of moments. But it's good to know that because okay. I think that understanding different objectives is is key to not only trade shows, but really any marketing investment. Okay. Well, I want to shift the table here a little bit and acknowledge that marketing budgets have shifted significantly online over the last five to 10 years. And if you look at this, in addition to to this, many buyers don't have time for trade shows these days. Um, Is this trend affecting your clients who would exhibit at trade shows? And if so, what impact has this had on your promotional product sales? I think that the, I mean, you're right. There's a lot of people who just do not make the time to go to trade shows. And, you know, the trade shows that they go to have to justify their time, both as an exhibitor and also as an attendee. Uh, And I find that a lot of the smaller trade shows are, you know, are are going by the wayside because of that. Or trade shows are becoming very far more specific um, in order to deal with that, you know, that particular trend. You know, people that deal in concrete, so they'll go to a concrete show, you know, instead of going to an overall construction show, they might go to just do a show that's on concrete. Right. Um, but, you know, as the budgets, you know, as budgets shrink and the budgets are shrinking, you know, there's there's no question about it. And as online media, you know, becomes more and more prevalent and social media becomes far more prevalent, you know, people are really looking at where's the ROI, you know, and how how am I best going to, you know, contact my particular customer? And, you know, if they can make a better, you know, if they can make better justification that they can reach their clients via social media and they've got the metrics behind it, they're moving that way. If right. they're seeing the metrics that the, 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 the old tried and true methods are working for their particular clientele and their particular buyers, then, then they'll stick with that. I, we're seeing a combination of both. We're seeing right. that, you know, people realize they've got to be all over the place and they have to allocate budget accordingly. Um, you know, how does this affect promotional product sales? You know, uh, we're advising, you know, uh, where you used to give something out to everybody. Let's, let's now go to an A, B, and C type gift. Right. Where you have an A type gift that goes out to someone that, that actually stops by and actually talks to you. Somebody that actually shows some interest and somebody that has, you know, there, there's some level of interest there. The B type gift might go to, uh, you know, a client, a new client that comes by your booth and, and, and t- comes and says hello. And, you know, a C type gift would be something that would go out to, you know, to your value add clients, the ones that spend the millions of dollars and the budget would be allocated accordingly. And it's better to have fewer, more, value add specific things that that your you know the people that are receiving them are going to see value in than than something for everything that you know that that may or may not you know be seen as valuable across the board right right Ben, I'm curious to see if you see any major changes to the trade show format in the next five to ten years. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they've tried the virtual reality trade shows where, you know, you're going to the trade shows through your computer. Yeah. And I don't I don't know how well those were received, but you know what, with the new VR technology and with the with the with the new technology that's becoming available, 
that that may become an op, you know may become uh, an opportunity again. I mean, the the technology is getting better. You know, Wi-Fi is is getting much better. The you know the uh, the uh, the ability to stream is becoming much better, and, and there might be the opportunity to be able to have that. You know, one-on-one communication is still necessary and vital, and I think people will still want to have that one-to-one connection. Um, but I think that you're going to start seeing shows that are far more specific and far more tailored to very specific needs. And I think there's going to be a lot more end-user end user education at these trade shows. So it's not just going to be coming to the booth. It's going to be going to the booth and also you know, being able to go to seminars and webinars that, that have specific value to you right. as, as an end-user. Right, so right. I think that that's really where the trend is going. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with you. I think that the it's it's still I think a little early to see whether or certainly very early to see whether virtual reality is going to take off in the trade show scene. But I know that virtual shows as it relates to logging into your computer and being able to tour around uh, a number of virtual booths and being able to learn about new products. I'm not entirely sure how popular that trend is. I know that um, ASI has certainly experimented with that and uh, I'm not, I've personally never done it before, so I don't, I can't comment on it personally, but I'm not sure that that's uh, necessarily going to take over the traditional trade show model. I think there's other threats uh, (laughs) other than uh, virtual trade shows. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I, I did go to a couple of the ASI virtual trade shows and, and you find that there's really no, there's no connection. Right. You know, and you, and you feel, you, you don't feel the same as going to a trade show and you don't feel the same ability to communicate effectively with people at the show. Yeah. So there's, there's a lot of that. Um, you know, trade shows have to change. The truth of the matter is, you know, I mean, also the people that exhibit at trade shows have to get better at what they do. Right. And that's, that, that's, you know, that's what's saying is, is the day, the days of going to a trade show with, with your cell phone and sitting in your booth and just, you know, playing on your cell phone all day long and expecting to have ROI on that are gone. They're over. You know, <laughs> it, you have to, you have to work the show. You have to go there with, you know, specific objectives. And if yeah. you don't, you're going to get exactly what you put into it, and that's nothing. Yeah. Well, why don't we jump right into that? I want to know. I wanted to spend the first couple of questions just really setting the stage and talking about this yeah. at a macro level. But I know Ben, you are very, very detailed when it comes to best practices pre-show, during the show, and then following the show. And I want to spend a little bit of time really jumping into that. So with that. Okay. I know you have a detailed plan that covers the steps to executing a trade show effectively. This includes tips in the before, during, after stages, as I was saying before. Can we discuss these? Why don't we start with the pre-stage? What are some of the things that we need to yeah. know about that? Yeah, I mean, the, uh, it's amazing how many people go to a show without a pre-show routine. Right. You know, if you're if you're an athlete, you stretch before you get out on the field. Yes. And you have a game plan. Yes. Well, you should have that same type of game plan when you walk into onto a trade show floor. You know, and that trade show floor could could you know, plan could be uh, a couple weeks before the show starts, or it could be several months before the trade show starts. You know, we tell our major clients that that, that go to six or eight trade shows a year. 
you need to have uh, a trade show, you know, sub strategy within your overall marketing strategy for the year. You need to have a certain set of objectives. This is what we want to get out of these shows. These are the type of people we want to see at the shows. These are the type of things that we want to talk about at these shows. And these are the results that we want to come out of these shows. Right. And work the shows accordingly. Um, what I'm finding great is a lot of shows today have digital buttons that you can download, both as an attendee and as, as an exhibitor. Okay. So you can start communicating that you're going to be going to a show four to six months before you even walk in the door. You can, you can make sure that every single email that goes out from every single person in your company right. has that button at the bottom of the show that says, we will be exhibiting at such and such show at such and such date. People click there and they get, they get to go, they find out all about the show details. So before you even start physically talking to your customers about it, they're seeing it on the bottom of your email. Um, another thing that is we have is we have an, uh, we have a where will be section on our website, which is an actual calendar, and we populate it with the different shows that we're going to. So that way, there's you know we we have an idea of where we're going to be and when we're going to be there and how what you know and what these shows are all about. The the key things with with pre-show routine is you know that there's there's a consistent communication on the pre-show amongst all the people that are going to be there. People know which shows they're going to be going to when that the the that the trade show booth is set up long ahead of time and people are taking a critical look at it and sit there going are the graphics talking to the message we want at this particular show and you may have four different messages across six different shows and to have specific graphics that, that attach to your trade show booth for specific shows is not a horrible thing. That way people realize that when you go to that show, you're talking specifically to them. Right. And the, those graphics are, are designed that as you walk past the booth, people are going to get your attention right away. So, you know, making sure in a pre-show routine that your communication is effective, that that the the trade show booth is set up properly ahead of time, that everybody knows how to set the show, the trade show up. That's done. That the you know that the the booth is ordered. Uh, sorry, not the booth space. The the transportation to the booth is ordered early. That you order your booth space early. That you make sure that if you need um, Wi-Fi or electric or any of those other things that that son, you do that early on. So you make sure that it's all taken care of. Right. We suggest having a checklist of all the things of the pre-show routine. We even tell people to create a box of extra light bulbs, duct tape, uh, a utility knife, uh, you know, extra wires and, and, um, and, uh, uh, power bars, things that you can have that you may need at the show that you haven't even thought of. Right. So that way you're not running around the day of the show. Yeah. Make sure it's all packed up properly with promotional products that are designed for that particular show, for that specific call to action. Have it on a skid and make sure it's at the show three or four days ahead of time. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's where we start with the pre-show routine. Yeah, well, it, and and if, if we just take a stop, just take a... Um, a pause for a second. What you're talking about is no different than planning any other 
key marketing initiative, whether it's an advertisement in a magazine, whether it's a Facebook or LinkedIn or Google ad campaign. It's all about understanding what the objectives are and then understanding who is going to be executing things at the beginning part to make sure that when you press go and you actually publish this thing, that you're prepared to collect the results and be successful. Um, I think where and I can certainly relate to this because I've planned many, many trade shows for my companies. Um, I haven't necessarily advised other people on them, but I've gone through the school of hard knocks myself is that the first couple of years that I did it, I was winging it because I would go and think like, oh, I'll just set up a, a, a simple booth and I'll start to go hand out some business cards and shake some hands. And pretty quickly, you realize that that's not a terribly effective approach when you look at your neighbors and you see them all professional and you're this rinky-dink booth. Um, and since then, I've really adopted a lot of what you're talking about here in terms of having that checklist and making sure that there's a specific person or or group of people that specifically understands what their roles are at the beginning stage so that way when you show up, there's no surprises. Um, and I can't tell you how effective and how, how much stress that has taken off my plate in, in recent years to be a little bit more organized. So Ben, you have, you are, you are uh, preaching some good things here, my friend. Well, not only that, but it's also making sure that everybody that's going to be in the booth is saying the same thing, that the language is the same. People know when, before they get to the booth, who's going to be the people taking down the information for, fo for follow-up, who's going to be scanning you know, scanning badges. Who's who's going to be this, the the particular expert on what subject? Right. And but it it's all about making sure that everybody in the booth knows what their part they're going to be playing in the booth, and what the message is going to be. What what are we? What is the one key thing we want everybody to walk out of the booth knowing about us? Yeah. Well, that's a great segue to the during the show phase. So you've done a great job of talking about pre-show preparation and checklist, but why don't we get into the day of the show? It's 10 o'clock, the bell goes off, and people are flooding into the show. What are some tips that you would give, Ben, to make sure that exhibitors are set up for success during the show? The first thing I do is I tell everybody to turn off their cell phones, put them in a, in a tub underneath one of the you know, uh, the booths and, and, and make sure that you can't get a hold of it until you know, you're on break. So smart. Um, you know, uh, we just we make sure that everybody's voicemail and everybody's email has call forward saying we're at the trade show this day. You know, um, you know, this is the this is here's the link to the trade show. And here's the hashtag, by the way. And also, you know, make sure that people know that we will be checking our email and our voicemail at the end of the day and we will get back to you then. If you need, you know, to get a hold of somebody sooner, here's the here's the number of the, the office, and have somebody at the office who can handle things. Right. Hopefully, right. you're a big enough company that you have one or two people that you can leave at the office and you know to handle things while you're away. Sure. But that's the number one thing, you know, that I critically tell people is that you know your job is to talk to the people that are in front of you. You know, and hopefully you've you've done a good job in the week before the show to let your clients know that, Hey, by the way, I'm going to be at a trade show. I'm not going to be available. Here's who you can get in touch with. And I will get in touch with you at the end of the day, you know, and, and 
take the time and take the focus to concentrate on the people in front of you and not the phone, because that distracts you from the, from the, from why you've spent thousands of dollars to be at that show. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what else? The big thing is, is to make sure that everybody, everybody is dressed the same. And I'm not saying, you know, it could be, you know, it could be uh, branded shirts. It could be, you know, it could be, you know, branded dresses. It could be, it could just, it could be hats. It could be, you know, it could be everybody's in the same color suits and ties. It depending on the, on the, on the type of event that you're at, you know, dress, dress according to the, to the event that you're going to. Yeah. Um, but make sure that, you know, one guy's not in shorts and t-shirts while another guy's in a suit. Right. You know, it, you want to make sure that every, everybody looks the same and you all look like you belong in the booth. So that way there's, there's, there's no question that somebody walks into the booth that they know who are the people that they should be talking to. Right. And that's, that's a bit, that's a big thing. And also pay attention to, are there people that look like they're being left out of a conversation? Somebody that actually is interested in talking to you, but they're not, you know, they're, you know, unfortunately you're talking to somebody else, even if it's just, I'll be right with you. You know, or, you know, I, I'm talking about this. Is this something you're interested in, too, and bring them into the conversation? You know, if it, if that's possible, it all depends on, you know, you got to you got to judge, obviously, the person you're talking to and how the situation is going. But the more inclusive you can be to the people that actually have taken the time to walk into your booth, the better things are. Right. So I hear all of that. Um, what do you do? What are your tips for uh, the following two scenarios? Scenario number one the show is really quiet and there's no one coming by your booth. That's scenario number one or scenario number two is that the show itself is actually pretty busy, but you're the new person or you're a relatively new exhibitor and people aren't coming by because they don't know you because they look at you and they're scared to stop. Um, what are some tips that you have for surviving both of those scenarios such that you don't hit your phone or that the reps then start talking to one another and ignoring opportunities? Yeah. There's, there's two things. One, if, if the show is, is, is really quiet, I mean, you have these opportunities. I'm going to show at the end of this month where the show is around a conference. So, there's going to be, you know, the only times that people are going to be going into the exhibit hall is when they're not in an actual learning situation. So right. there's going to be hour between things. We make sure that there's always one or two people in the booth just in case there are people coming in. However, you know what? A lot of times the other exhibitors could make good clients. Yes. And there, and there is opportunity. As long as your booth is covered, as long as people are there and can, you know, and you may not need six people in the booth, you may need two. So you may send two people off for lunch and you may, and you may send two people out in the booth, you know, out into the thing to, to look, to look around the trade show and to sit there and say, who else is doing what? What could we be doing better? I like this. I don't like this. I, oh, this, this guy could be a really interesting thing. Let's sit down and talk to him and, you know, and use that downtime to find out what else is going on in your own industry. And who else is who else might be either a partner, a player, a customer, whatever. Yeah, that's and great there's advice. opportunities. Um, number two, you're the you're the new kid on the block. Yeah, and you know, at whatever show you're going to be at, you're going to be the new kid on the block. The first thing I tell people is, never exhibit at a trade show 
unless you've gone to the trade show a year before and walked around the trade show booth. Yes. Around the trade show floor. Yes. You know, don't spend the $3,500, $5,000, whatever it is, to exhibit at a show if you've never been there. It is well worth the $500 to $1,000 or whatever it costs to get on a plane or get a, you know, get a hotel room for a night, walk the trade show floor, make, you know, talk to everybody, talk to the exhibitors and say, are you getting ROI from this show? What, you know, who comes to this show? What type of things do you see? And build that pre-show information. Yeah. Okay. So when you do walk into the show, you have an idea of what the show is all about. You know, the key thing it being a first time, you know, uh, exhibitor in a show, whether you in first time exhibitors sometimes get, we won't call it the worst space, but the space in the back of the show or the, you know, in the, in, on the fringes and stuff like that. It happens. Yeah, that happens. It, it's coming up with a strategy to get people interested in coming to your booth and whether that be, you know, some type of a campaign where you have a couple of people walking the show floor, giving out things that, that people have to come to your booth in order to get the other half of it, or they have to come to your booth in order to, you know, uh, find out what this, what, you know, what the, uh, the contest is all about or whatever, but make sure whatever promotional product you give away or sticker you give away or item that you give away calls people to the booth and that there's a specific call to action. Um, you know, I don't know if you were there a few years ago when Faye, uh, Faye at PPAI had the wristbands with the tabs on it. I did. And it was I phenomenal was because, you know, they, they were giving away one iPad, just one iPad. And what they did is they had this, this tab that, uh, this wristband that had four or five tabs on it. And when you got your wristband put on, they take one of your tabs that had your specific number on it and put it in, into their draw box. Well, for every new person you brought in to, to, to put a wristband on, they took another tab. So you had the opportunity of having five or six uh, chances of getting out, and the draw was at 5 o'clock. Well, at 5 o'clock, there might have been 500 to 800 people sitting around this, you know, around this um, little 10 by 10 trade show booth, you know, waiting, waiting for their chance to win the iPad. Yeah. You know, it, it's building traffic like that. It's coming yeah. up with something that gets people that they have to come and then have, they have to come back. Yeah. And there's lots of different ideas along that line. It's coming up with something that's going to work for you. Yeah. And, and I, I well remember that story. And I think what struck me about it, Ben, is that when you look at a supplier like Faye, they're they're not a big name. And there are a number of people in the industry who are not familiar with them if you compare their brand with, let's say, Sanmar, right, where everyone knows them because Sanmar has been around for a long time. They've got a great trade show presence and a big budget, whereas Faye would be um, uh, would not have the same sort of brand nor the same sort of budget. But it proves that no matter how big you are, you can create that buzz if you're smart about it. And, um, and, and so that's a great, great story. Um, why don't we shift gears to move to the post-show because I feel like if there is any area where people mess it up, it's not so much at the pre-show or if they do mess it up, well, they figure it out, right? And during the show, they can kind of stumble around and they can figure it out. But it's the post-show that I find is the real gong show in terms of lost opportunities. Can you talk about the, the mistakes that people make? 
as well as some of the things that you recommend they do to avoid those mistakes in the post-show period? Yeah, the first mistake people make is assuming that the first day back at the office, it's business as normal, right? That you just go back to your emails, you just go back to your phone calls, and you forget that the show even existed. The the first day back at the show, and depending on the size of the show, it might be the first two days back at the show, are still working days of the show. You need to make sure that all those leads are followed up on that you have something within your kit that you can email out to everybody that, that they're going to find value, whether it be a white paper, whether it be an ebook, whether it be you know some piece of valuable literature that you can email out to everybody that says, we really appreciate you coming by our booth. We thought that this thing would be of value to you. You know, we're sending it out. Please, please contact us, you know, with, with, uh, you know, with any further information. And also making sure that all those people get added to your, you know, if you have a monthly newsletter, which you should, that those people get added to your newsletter list. You know, so that for there's a way to, you know, have ongoing communication with these people, you know, with, with obviously the ability for people to unsubscribe if they wish. You right. Know, uh, you know, the first thing you need to do is you need to make sure there's an unsubscribe. So if somebody says they're going, really, I really don't want to have communication with you. Okay, fine. They unsubscribe. That's one more person that you know is not interested in my stuff, so I don't have to chase them. Perfect. Right. Um, but it's it's a matter of making sure that you have a system in place after the show for consistent follow up and um, and have something of value something that these people can look at as tangible that, that tells a little bit more about your expertise in the field, you know, that, that they can chew on after the show. Cause nothing drives me crazier than getting an email six weeks or eight weeks later saying, we saw you at such and such show and we just wanted to follow up and see how you're doing. Right. Right. You know, eight weeks later, I'm done. Right. You know, I'm absolutely done. And if people, you know, and, and another thing is, is that if people ask you for a catalog or they ask you for more information or if they ask you for a follow-up phone call, make sure those are done promptly. Because these are people that are interested in you at that point in time. Right. They may not be interested in you in two weeks. You know, in two weeks, they would have moved on. Well, but so they still remember you. Yeah, for sure. So I, I get the uh, prompt follow up, uh, personalized follow up, and doing that as quickly as possible after the event, and completely understand that it's a rookie error to let it let it go several weeks or several months uh, because at that point people have moved on. But what? How do you advise exhibitors, Ben, when there is that prompt follow up? And there's, let's say, 50 fantastic leads, like great conversations, A-level clients that came by, get the A-level promotional product uh, at, at the show, as you advised. And they're, they're ready to buy at the show, of course. And then you call yeah. them three days later and it's like, hey, this is Ben calling uh, from ABC Marketing. Uh, we had this great conversation about this promotional products campaign and they're like, who or, oh yeah, well, I don't know about that. Or, or worse, you get into voicemail jail and you just never hear back from them. And you're thinking like, what's up with this? Like it was very, very positive three days ago and now I'm getting nothing but crickets. Any advice there? 
Yeah, I mean, there is also the thought process in people's mind that, you know what, when people come back from trade shows, they're busy. And, you know, I believe that, you know, having a qualified question with somebody and sit there go, when would you like me? I says, I know you're busy when I get back from the show. When would you like me to contact you? Right. You know, and have that set up. I, I think it's important to have something that goes out to people right away, but I think there needs to be a schedule. Of those If those 50 hot clients, if they truly are hot clients, the people that were in the booth, you know, during the show should have said, I know you're busy right after the show, you know, and you've just traveled home, whatever, when would be a good time for us to get back in touch with you to contact you? And I think that helps with that cricket situation. Yeah. I, I think it also shows respect. It does. It, it does. And then and what it does is it shows people that you're serious about what you're doing. If you follow up two days after a show and they're going in 1,500 directions, guess what? You're bothering them. Yeah. But if, if, you, if they told you to follow up with them in 10 days, you know what? And you call them on the 10th day, you know what? They, they know that you're serious about it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I, I don't think it's any different than having a great meeting with a client in their office and they give you all these great signs that they want to uh, buy. And then they ask you to call in three days to follow up. And, and then there's crickets. And I mean, that happens all the time. Yeah. I think to some extent, uh, what's the expression? All buyers or most buyers are liars <laughs> where they might be <laughs> telling you a story or who knows, maybe they walked over to some other booth three booths down yeah. and had an even better conversation. Better. Exactly. Right. And They're they not going to come back they to found you. something better. You know, uh, an opportunity is hottest when the client is right in front of you. Yeah. You know, yeah. and, and that's the truth. I mean, if, if, if you have the opportunity to close somebody at the trade show, the guy that, that takes orders to the show, Hey, that's phenomenal. Yeah. But most, most things don't work that way. Yeah. You know, and most, you know, most follow-up takes time and effort and consistency. What do they say that sometimes it's the guys that that follow up ten times that actually get the order? Yeah. Oh, sure. And it's not and it's not following up ten times in ten days. It's following up ten times over the next year. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and that's good salespeople versus people that just haven't been in the in the trenches enough times. That's another story. Yeah. Sure. Sure. I, I think the one thing that has that uh, one thing that's benefited us over the last couple of years at trade shows is, uh, again, having those great conversations, developing a permission-based uh, uh, email list from people that come by the booth and recognizing that sometimes they may be excited at the booth, but they don't have budget or they don't, they don't have an immediate need for your product or service. And what we'll do is we then put them into our content queue. And as Absolutely. opposed to sending, you know, email blasts with T-shirt specials or or something very transaction oriented, it shifts into education mode. So yeah. if it's Common SKU, the software product that we are uh, educating people about, it'll be about uh, workflow and modernizing one's business or talking about the cloud. Or if it's uh, with Right Sleeve, it may be about educating people on uh, hot colors for the season and not necessarily exactly. asking for the sale, but maybe recognizing that they're at the very, very top of the sales funnel. They're not necessarily oh, yeah. ready to go right down. And I, I, what I have learned, and I've made lots of mistakes over the years, and this is where I've learned it, is that 
it's fine. Maybe those buyers are not going to come to you for 12 to 18 months. But when they are, if you've educated them at a respectful, consistent interval, they'll likely call you as soon as they're ready and say, you have educated and brought me up to speed with everything to do with your product. And now I am comfortable to buy. And that's a absolutely way to make money from these people if you're patient. Yeah. I mean, that's why I tell people having a consistent newsletter. I mean, it's, it, it's right. It's, it's, it's having a value add content management uh, system that goes out to drip, drip to these people and giving them ideas. It's not, it's not selling to these people. It's giving them valuable information for them that, that, you know, of how your industry works. Yeah. You know, I mean, well, our newsletter is all about marketing techniques, all about, you know, different, different, different ways to communicate. You know, that's all it is. There is not one sales pitch in there whatsoever. And there shouldn't be. Right. It should be about here's the value in the marketplace. Here's, here's some things that you've never thought about. And I'm just going to let you know about this on a monthly basis. And when you're, you know, when you're ready, you'll contact us. Yeah. And, you know, and having that system in place is critical. Yeah, hundred well, percent. Uh, that whatever whatever your drip marketing, you know, um, you know, uh, system is, it's got to be something that adds value to the people you're sending it out to. Right. So Ben, why don't we close off? Time flies when you're having fun. This is a huge amount of information, but why don't we close I off? Just have, just have one more one more thing I was thinking about on the post show. Please post show. Make sure you take your put your booth put your booth up. Make sure that it's still standing, you know, because of all that uh, back and forth and shipping and all that. Make sure that all the panels and nothing needs to be re- replaced and re- replace anything that you took out of your 911 tub. Hmm. So that way you're ready to go next time. Right. It's just, you know, it's just one, one, one more thing that you don't have to worry about, you know, if, if there's quick turnaround between shows. Right, right. So it's taking the time, even though it's painful when you get back to spend the 20 minutes to just make sure that things are replenished and things are put away effectively. So that way you're not dealing with a nightmare when you have to ship the booth out, you know, two weeks later or two months later to the next show. Exactly. So in closing, Ben, we've talked about a lot of really good tactics here and I'm going to close off by asking you for the single best piece of advice you'd give to a marketer looking to improve their trade show results at their next show? It's a single piece of advice you'd give. I think the biggest single piece of advice I would have for any marketer would be to understand the show they're going to, understand their objectives, and how the two things can work together. If the show does not help you move your objectives forward, it's probably not the right show for you. Right. You know, in, with today's budgets, you need to be critical about making sure that the shows you're going to are going to effectively allow people to see you in your best light, understand what you do, and how you can be valuable to them. Well, Ben, thank you so much. That was absolutely wonderful. Great amount of information. And I know that the folks that are listening to this are going to be in for a real treat. So it's a real pleasure. Thank you so much for taking the time with us here today. Hey, Mark, it's always a pleasure. Thanks for your time.
Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of Skewcast. Be sure to keep up with our latest content by subscribing to Skewcast on iTunes or to our blog at community.commonskew.com. Until next time, friends. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you.